What's going on, everyone? What's going on? Hey, what's happening, Internet? Great, great. As I pledge allegiance to YouTube on the uh, um, <laughs> to our, all the morals with which it stands. <laughs> One I nation promise. under Google. I vow to live my life by the commenting terms and conditions. Beep, beep, <laughs> beep. I'll find the UAL. <laughs> For everybody, that's a more of an inside joke here when we uh, signed I, up, signed on the podcast. Kind of funny. And I, for one, would like to welcome our robot overlords and uh, <laughs> once again express publicly that I'd like to help you. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of robot overlords and all things kind of um, space science fiction, welcome to another episode of Carbonite Bounty BS. I mean, uh, long-awaited review of Tales of the Jedi, but before we even dive into this, which are some interesting stories, let's let our guy DP let you guys know where to find us at nerdcyclopedia.com people make sure that you're going on that website and getting all your favorite social media platforms on facebook instagram tiktok twitter anyway um i don't know how much we've been posting on twitter lately all right <laughs> hey, you know i mean some say well, some some people may want to suppose some people may not you yeah. never know you some know. parties come to an end buddy oh uh, yeah yeah sir certainly certainly you know um Make sure that you guys are going on iHeartRadio to listen to your favorite podcast on your phone, on your radio and everything. Tune in, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast, we are there. Um, if you are watching us on YouTube right now, pledge allegiance. All right. Um, <laughs> make sure that you are hitting that subscribe button and also that notification button. So anytime that we're on, you know that we're on. Um, if you are watching us on Facebook, thank you for uh, following us and also going uh, make sure that you go to our Carbonite Bounty BS, the Star Wars group, where we're talking about your favorite stuff, Star Wars related. We just got done with Andor. We got your favorite memes and stuff on there. We're about to get started with um, the Bad Batch coming up in January. So can't wait for that. So yeah. uh, make sure that you comment and, you know, leave us some feedback on there. Nerds at NerdCyclopedia.com. Leave us an email. You know, we love getting your um, feedback as far as what you think about us. Okay. And then we may say something about you, you know. And then um, finally, the theme of these, we got like eight days left on that, the Kickstarter. Yes, yes, yes. Eight days left, people. Make sure that you are um, going on the Kickstarter, theme of thieves, um, and also um, making sure that you get that pledge going on and everything. You know, supporting, um, you know, uh, a good time travel mystery comic is what I call it. All right. Um, shout out to all my, um, you know, uh, Kickstarter backers so far and everything. We got like eight days left to get the goal. So pushing it, um, make sure that you go um, when you're on there, make sure that you share it with all your friends and family. Good stuff, good stuff. And um, yeah, as we kind of lead into this kind of um, short story list, it was uh, quite refreshing, to be honest. It was completely different, uh, different media that we've seen. Um, uh, interesting tale on a couple of different characters, which is will be the main point that we'll divulge into on this episode. So um yeah, um, it's kind of hard to really do a, I guess, season review, so we'll just kind of break it down and open it up, unless you guys have initial thoughts on it. Um, there's just so much to really divulge into based on, you know, which episode we dive into, so do you guys have any opening re remarks about what you've seen, or I know DP, it, this might be a lot, this might be new for you. Hey, overall, it was just a dynamic experience to see. Just getting back into like the world uh, when I initially watched it and then I watched it over again and everything after watching Andor. Um, just getting into the world. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting up here thinking, number one, 
Um, the Gilroy brothers, they're good. They're good. They're they're good at getting like the Star Wars stuff. But Dave Filoni, he got it down pack. I mean, this guy, when he gets you into a world, I mean, it's like it's like a professional, just you know, just just it's like Jordan just going out there doing his work, you know. He's out there hitting shots left and right and everything, you know. Um, um, Gilroy's, you know, they're just coming on the scene and everything. They they can make a few shots and stuff, and they may score like 48 points every now and then, but Jordan, he consistently scores every night, you know. Um, Filoni has this down pat. I love the animation. Um, I may have you know said this on a previous podcast. This is a step way up as far as like animation from what we've last seen. Um, even from the Bad Batch, you know, the detail as far as like the grass stuff that we've seen in like the first, you know, Ahsoka um, you know, origin episode, um, to the way that um uh what we look we look at like you know the Dooku stuff, you know, the um Qui-Gon, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn stuff and everything, you know, back to Ahsoka. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just, you know, Filoni has this thing down packed to where he just, he doesn't skinch on the detail and the writing is just superb, impeccable. You know, um, if this was like live action, I think it would be on the same level as what we get with the Gilroy's and stuff. You know, um, it's that good. You know, it just happens to be animation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you don't call it what you want, I'm not like a hater of animation where, you know, uh, I look at the live action, be like, okay, that's the real stuff. Animation is just for kids. No, this is strictly all the same universe to me. I love seeing like, um, I, um, I, I just, I just love it all. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys talk because I can go on. Yeah, you know what I liked. So I'm a big backstory guy. Like I like to see a character, you know, get get bonded to the character and then i like to see extra stuff like i i like to see what made that character who he was so two huge backstories not well one i guess isn't so much but uh, ahsoka being born and seeing her environment and her family and her village that she came uh, out of and why she was, was is is now such a strong player like her mother was bomb i mean probably the the the, the the biggest like strong mother figure that ever i mean what a role model and what a what a person to see for the first time in in the early months of your development dooku hmm. like huge backstory development i mean to the point where you know i didn't you know i knew dooku from like um you know attack of the clones you know what a jerk right but he started out not being a jerk. I mean, he started out being sort of righteous and, you know, wanting to, uh, you know, spearhead this investigative uh, quality of the Jedi and being that detective and being that protector of the of the Republic. He started out in good in good grace. And we saw what happened and how that moved him to be who we saw in Attack of the Clones. Um, you know, I learned I didn't, you know, I missed it. I didn't know Qui-Gon was his Padawan. That was like kind of new information to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that development. Um, this was a great hour and a half ish, right? Of right. of Star Wars content that had an arc that truly mm-hmm. developed itself and mm-hmm. connected every episode. I mean, we saw. I mean, it. I just I just was in love with each the beginning of each one because we saw, you know, Coruscant being the uh, sort of the binding element 
see, you know, episode two through six. And then we finalized with Obi-Wan and Anakin as clone, you know, uh, General Kenobi and Anakin in charge of the clone troopers and like what was to become. I mean, the episode with uh, Yaddle and Dooku was amazing. I mean, that and we got the Emperor in there. I mean, this was just great. Um, Everyone should watch this multiple times because I think you get a good backstory like i said a good backstory on characters we already sort of love love the music too the music was excellent for the whole thing before anyone gets to this like if you're finished watching andor and just want more content you know this is the thing you should watch to me um mm-hmm. you don't have to watch the clone wars you don't have to watch bad batch but if you want to you need to watch rogue one <laughs> <laughs> yes after every andor episode Watch Rogue One. Make sure you that you watch. Okay, go ahead, DP. This, this is, this is, this gets you into the world. It gets you immersed in everything. Um, it's just a good palate cleanser, if you want to call it, to just getting into the next thing. Go ahead, guys. No, no, I fully agree with you guys said, and we kind of talked about this um, when we did did our reviews of the Clone Wars and and uh, Rebels. Um, more of a of a take on, you know, the newer generation of television, right? So to speak, the, the newer Gen Zers who don't have the time or have the focus really to watch things. I think it's a good kind of uh, Dell for them to be able to watch 15 to 20 minutes at a time. Right. I mean, we also down and watch two, three hours, whatever, but the, the short stories are kind of in and out. Um, and they're told in a way that literally you have your development, you have your, your, your climax, the resolution, you know, and it's all done in a short period of time to where like, for me, you know, it was a short story, but I'm like, man, can't we just keep it going? Can we keep it this going? Can we keep it going? Like, so, um, like you said, a good kind of like appetizer, you know, before the main course, so to speak. So, uh, you're right, DP for any new people that are getting into this, this is definitely a good entryway into star Wars kind of loops everything together too um with the with the newer universe where we're headed uh, moving forward so um yeah it, i really enjoyed it um but some definitely different differing opinions when we get to uh a little bit about dooku the yaddle stuff um a lot of people talking about maybe retconning the character but not really so uh, interesting interesting take on dooku that we'll get into as well but so where would you guys like to start this week well, so I can talk here, about, you know, about the Dooku path going from, you know, fear leads to anger, anger right. leads to hate, hate leads to suffering, and, and how, you know, Dooku's episodes show very clearly the, the path that, that Dooku took. And, you know, I, I've been listening. I, I mentioned this, I think, last week anyway, uh, so sorry for mentioning this twice in a row, but Mike Duncan's Revolutions podcast is, is wrapping up, and he's been talking about um, radicals of ends and radicals of means and what dooku is dooku is not a radical of ends he doesn't want the the republic to go to any substantially different place dooku is a radical of means meaning he is willing to do whatever he has to do to in his mind save the republic uh dooku is is here an example of someone who's led down a primrose path and thinks that they're more powerful than they are Uh, It's almost like he thinks that he can, you know, he's, by betraying Sidious eventually, he will short circuit this whole thing. And if he waits for Sidious to have amassed control, will then be able to fix all the problems that are are going on with the Republic. 
So it's almost like he's trying to hijack the Sith conspiracy uh, and, and use it toward a good end. But is that possible? I think the argument here is no. <laughs> that, is not, that is not possible at all. And I think that it's way too late for him by the time he realizes it, because by the time he realizes it, Yaddle is dead. And he's mm -hmm. crossed the transom and he's done things like delete Camino from the, you know, uh, Jedi Camino archives. archives. Yeah. And if they start looking into who did this stuff, they're going to find him. So he's pretty much committed to this, to having to leave the Jedi Order. So no longer can he, you know, he has to be out of it. Yeah. I really, really, really enjoyed uh, that arc a lot. And I like how they, how he, I really like seeing that bent lightsaber with the blue blade. I, that was yeah. interesting to me. To see, you know, how Dooku operated as he'll you know, change that up. He'll change that real soon. <laughs> yeah. He'll blood his crystal soon enough with the blood of Yaddle, right? Um, but my favorite episode of all of, of this whole thing is the first one, Life and Death. The first episode about Sokotano uh, as an infant, and you know, for me, uh, you know, uh, I have a, a year and a half year old daughter who is, you know, uh, you may be able to hear her on the show from time to time yelling stuff <laughs> upstairs as it happens on the background. Uh, so for me, this hit me right right in the sweet spot where, you know, uh, the modeling on baby Ahsoka was like, was just so cute. <laughs> they really have been doing that really well uh, with the Disney Plus stuff. Uh, but the story is really awesome. And it's the type of thing, you know, this is the type of legend that you hear in mythology, like a Messiah mythology, right? Um, so for this to be explained as something the Jedi do and everyone kind of knows what it is, it's so awesome. And, and I did like how you said, uh, you said Ahsoka's mom was bomb, uh, Ken. I, I like that they're, they're letting someone actually be a parent here. I think mm -hmm. we were robbed of that when, when Padme was taken from us, that, that there's this, this idea that this sort of, you know, this missing mother figure is present all over the place in Star Wars. Part of it's how they treat the Jedi. And part of it is just that, you know, for the, the twins who are the focus of this of this this story, Luke and Leia, they have no parents, right? No parents, and they barely they don't really have a mother. You know, they have no no mother. So there's this this conversation in Jedi between Luke and Leia about Padme, and I think that seeing, you know, even seeing more depth there, seeing more about her funeral, seeing that Ahsoka went to it. You know, Ahsoka felt compelled to go to this funeral. At, extremely humongous personal risk uh i i think it really says something about about that character and i think it's interesting that like the reason she's able to survive order 66 is because like anakin actually trained her the right way like he mm -hmm. actually did like he, like she's alive essentially because he was like you know what the way every, we're training everybody else isn't good enough i i'm gonna actually take the time so that you could beat these these clones because you might have to. <laughs> wink, wink, right? Yeah, he saw it. I mean, at this point, wouldn't you think he saw, he, he could actually see the future and see what was happening? Because that's a good point. He turned that whole training session around. He's like, uh-uh, we got to change this up. You're going to actually fight actual clone troopers at this point. Because they're going to be much, much better than those battle droids. And well, for sure. And I mean, we talked through this, yeah. Too. We've talked about this so much in the stories to where, like, how deluded the Jedi Order has become at this point, right? I mean, they do the, – the training is just – it's archaic, right? You know, mm -hmm. they're still fighting the same battle joys that Luke's – you know, not really Luke Skywalker because that, that's this is a step before him. But 
I mean, just the training in itself of you biting with a lightsaber, a stationary droid that shoots a beam at you is not realistic, right? So to have more, I mean, they do the hand-on-hand combat stuff and whatnot, but that's still like in a classroom setting. For what Anakin did to her to kind of make it more like, uh, I guess in the, in, we'd see it in the X-Men world, right? When they went into the battle room, you'd yeah. be real world training. Yeah, you would just sit there, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, the danger room. You would you'd want to see more of that. That's essentially what he did to, to Ahsoka, and then the 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 kind of the punishment, right? So it's still like that little bit of dark side with the fear, the anger, the suffering she had, getting shot, but then the self, the redemption in herself to get up each time and and to try it again. That repetition is what really, um, and and it's a cool thing that we see like these Jedi walking this gray path, so to speak, right? Because this isn't the Jedi Order that you want to see. It's all about roses and you know t- yep. you know the rose tinted glasses and we're not really doing much and really you're just really the military that you know, of course on in the, in the republic right so mm-hmm. i like i like this whole path as we saw with dooku and and young qui-gon is this this gray path that seemed to be the way forward for the jedi order but uh master um yoda and, and the rest of the council just were blind to maybe strengthening them their minds and opening their minds to other ideas well, I, I think it's like traditions, um, yeah. just slow to, you know, um, get into like, I don't know if, if I'm going to just say 21st century or whatever, just get into like, you know, the, um, the, 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 um, the next generation of, you know, differences, which I mean, uh, uh, still city, you know, he's a historic resident historian. He can attest to regimes, you know, they get stale, they get comfortable, you yeah. know, um, Dooku said it in one episode, um, about, um, uh, um, uh, was it y- Yado said it or Dooku said it in one of the um in the Sith Lord episode, where you know the um the the Jedi Council was just you know too traditional, complacent, too, complacent, complacent or whatever. Yeah. You know to that you know they're overly cautious. You know they 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 rather wait than actually act and everything. And Dooku's tired of it. You know um 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 Anakin is tired of it. You know Ahsoka eventually sees it. So. You know, while we're getting like a lot of setup for like Ahsoka stuff in the, in these episodes and everything, probably for her show coming up, um, it's a great way to build and remind us how, like you said, well developed. Um, you know, Anakin did train her to think outside that box and everything because he was pretty much already there. You know, uh, and his love for Ahsoka runs so deep. That's why the the the, the bomb with them and you know Darth Vader and Ahsoka is just crazy his love for ahsoka is so deep that he trained her to survive you know not to train her to just to be trained and everything because he could have just left it at that you know but he did more than that and it and like you said um ahsoka ended up being like you know one of the 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 final survivors to to come out there and actually go to pat may's you know um funeral and stuff like you said hitch you know having the balls to come out there and you know in the face of danger and everything man i mean it's great character development for ahsoka i mean it's just it's just way phenomenal to me. I want to talk about something you said, which is, you know, this idea of the radicalization of the old regime, right? And the exacerbation of the conditions that were unjust. So Luthen says something about this in Andor. He says, we want things to get worse, which is, uh, I think it's called like a, um, uh, emphasize, it's, it's something like a progressivist or something like that. We want things to get worse. Yeah, escalationist, that's it. So you want things to get worse because that will make the inherent injustices of the system more obvious. And I think that this is all part of Sidious's master plan, which is why it's so well put together, because to ensnare someone like Dooku 
you have to have real fissures, real fissures that need to be exploited. And the thing that the Sith Lord does, maybe better than any anything else, is he stops progress from being made. Gradual progress, which is what John F. Kennedy said is the safety valve that prevents revolutionary upheaval. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he prevents that from firing because what the Senate should be doing is looking at these things and saying, okay, well, is it a good thing that the Trade Federation can blockade a planet and, and basically immiserate all of their population because of a stupid contract and then we can't do anything about it? Yeah, that's terrible. We should pass a law and make it so that can't happen. But why can't they pass a law? Because somebody is running the Senate into the ground. Somebody's mm-hmm. preventing the Senate from, from doing these things. Well, and they want to negotiate. They want to negotiate first. Right. right. They want to negotiate and extend, not pass, not say, okay, if you misuse your power trade federation, we'll take it from you, which is what a government should yeah. be doing. That's what they're not that's, doing that at all. No. Because they're they're play they're placating like like it was said in these episodes, they're placating the, the rich and the comfortable, not the not the republic, not the people. Not the people. And the Jedi were basically supporting that at this mm-hmm. point. The council was supporting it, but then there was a division between the Jedi and the council. So some Jedi were not with the council. Maybe the maybe maybe the Jedi council was like, no, you know what? This is bad. We we need to we need to uh, control this somehow. But there were Jedi out there, rogue, that were basically doing what the rich wanted because that's where the money was and that's where they felt they needed to protect. So maybe that's where that division was, because you always get these rogue yeah. agents that are, you know, looking out for themselves. Yeah. And, you know, and that I feel that Dooku, it was interesting because I felt that Dooku was like not even on the fence. He didn't think that was a good idea. <laughs> he felt that they should be rep- re- protecting the Republic. He was appalled and repulsed by what that senator was doing to those people. His yeah. people in that planet. Yeah. Yeah, well, imagine you're really? trying to argue with him about that. Like, imagine yeah. you're you're like, because what's interesting about this is it it casts the Jedi as not monolithic in their political yeah. outlook or not monolithic uh-huh. in their philosophical outlook, which is in my which is a really great thing and it gives us depth to these uh, this organization. Uh, but but in my opinion, you know these 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 static, it's it's this like like I think you've said this a lot on our show, team. It's the the council fails because it becomes static. But the right. council is static because the, the Senate is static. Yeah. They're, they're taking their cues from the government. And because the government isn't acting and say, okay, go there and ungum this problem. And if you have to do what you have to do to get it fixed, right. right? And then come back. They're not empowering the Jedi to do these things. They're only there to advise. They right. send them, they send them to Naboo to just like look, look at what's going on and come back and send a report. Not to break the blockade and force the trade trade federation to negotiate a reasonable settlement, which is what and, they and, ought to and, do, and right. fight a Sith Lord without with, without the consent of the Council. I mean, Qui Gon and Obi Wan went rogue at that point to protect the Republic, which was the people of Naboo, and look what happened. Qui-Gon Why would you only send those guys? Why would you not send like ten Jedi if you know a Sith Lord is on a planet? Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be better off sending like? You know, an entire complement of Jedi, maybe with a couple council members. If you yeah, really... exactly. And wouldn't you send the entire council? I mean, send the boss down to take care of it, not not the minions. Well, I mean, you said it. Look at Attack of the Clones, how naive they were, right? That they send two Jedi in, and they have to send what you thirty five, forty Jedi to rescue them from a situation to where they just 
a renaissance mission. He runs into, you know, Grievous and some other people. And by then it's too late, right? So now we have to send a whole... And then, like you said, this has happened, you know, progressively after time that they just don't, they don't see it. Maybe they're, they're blind to it. They're not they're thinking. Not. Well, that's what, that was the whole Sidious plot, right? It was a cloud Master Yoda's mind into him being able to backdoor everything he wanted to do. So by the time they fell, it was easy. Well, we, I, I know I talk about the, um, the literary classic and ancient classic Plato's Republic a lot on this show more than I should. Uh, but there's a there's this idea that is the backbone of this uh, book that is that over time, if you align your, you know, if you align your outcomes toward being the most just. So if everything I do is to just create justice over time, that devolves and, and uh, a society that's focused around justice will then eventually say, well, in order to, to be able to pursue justice, we have to have sovereignty. We have to be safe. So they pursue military glory. And after that, they say, oh, wow, well, this military glory is great, but man, it's expensive to maintain a military. So their focus shifts and then they start chasing money. And then they say, oh, wow, this money is great. What, what should we do with it? And then they don't know. And that makes them vulnerable to uh, the the beast is kind of the way they talk about this guy. He's the, the trickster, the tyrant. He pulls the wool over everybody's eyes and subverts the wills of uh, the the state. By saying, okay, if you don't know what you want, I do. <laughs> why don't why don't we just do what I want? <laughs> and, so, and so the Star Wars Republic is, is now, as we can see, trace we can trace its trajectory, you know, through again through these episodes as they as they move from well, what's the right thing to do to what's the thing that you know keeps us the most safe to what's the most profitable to what's Sheev Palpatine for. I never really understood like tropes and movies and TV shows to a degree, maybe more or less movies. You got some of these criminals who are so gung ho on like, you know, robbing banks, getting millions of dollars and stuff, you know, going on like, um, you know, these, these things, they're doing everything to take, take, take. But once they get the money, it's like, okay, what are you really going to do with it? You know? Right. So, so the dream is okay. Have like to live on a beach and you know live in a mansion or whatever. But if you're a criminal, why can't you just take that too? You know, why do you need like you know money and stuff to do that and everything? Why can't you just use you know the skills that you had in order to to, to rob and pillage and whatever to take over stuff? Why do you? Why? What, what's the logic in even um, spending money? You know, what's what's the 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 the, the logic of amassing wealth if you're a criminal? <laughs> To, to, wait, to wait, wait, wait. So you're saying so you're saying a criminal instead of like robbing a couple banks and taking the purse and like going to the beach and buying the mansion they should take that energy that they use to steal and do something legitimate with it no not legitimate with it i'm like why 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 you know what is the logic in even doing any of it you know if all you're doing is just um taking from people why stop you know why, why why even buy things you know power it's power because you feel like you've you've got something for nothing so 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 at, so there's a level to a point where you just stop robbing you stop stealing you know you 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 not not if you're good at it <sighs> here's a here's a saying for you every kingdom is based upon a crime and taxation uh, and another one that i don't necessarily agree with and that's the taxation what, is theft because it's a payment that's forced upon you by the preponderance of force of the state. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the sentiment of that, but you pay you pay taxes because somebody tells you. Yes, because they have a preponderance of force. So mm-hmm. the reason that a dollar dollar bill, y'all, is a dollar dollar bill. Ultimately, if you really want to look down the line to its base, you know, it, immovable cause, is because the United States military is the United States military. And if you want to disagree that a dollar is a dollar, that's the argument. That's the person. That's the entity you will have that argument with. And as we are seeing in the world that exists right now, there is not a worse entity to have that argument with the United States military. They will win every single time if it comes down to a punch to a punch, right? That's just how it is. So, you know, to, to answer your qu- a question about what's the point of, of assuming all of this wealth, it is to exercise power. So if you have enough money and you can bribe the military, right? You okay. can bribe the military, okay. which happened, this happened a lot during the Roman Empire. There's a very famous story where they, the Praetorian Guard auctioned the office of emperor off to the highest bidder and then murdered him. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and that's, what, that's what that senator was doing to his planet, Rexus, right? He yeah. was selling the planet off, mm-hmm. selling it off in return for money, power. Yeah. He was, in fact, th- theft, thieving from his own people, destroying a planet that actually wasn't his and his, not his ownership. So he was stealing. Mm-hmm. So, DP, so if you if you can steal something and not have to give anything back in return, right? So right. That's, the, that's what stealing means. You take something and you don't have to give anything back, right? That's what it is. Then you win. And if you do this enough times and you don't get caught and you don't get the American military or whoever, government, police to come down on you, then, then you win your... You're you're you you are you're in power at that point. So all okay. these senators that were thieving from their republics, yeah. from the republic people that they were supposed to represent to the council, they were stealing left and right for their own gain. Yeah. So very so, rude. So the, very so rude. The purpose is power at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. yeah. So this guy. So who? If you're. If, but the point is. And this is I I put I put this up because I I'd like to you know say these things. But Ken, you have stumbled upon an argument that's very very prominent in philosophy, and that's the argument of the Leviathan, which is that what the state is is it is you know a monster that can crush any opposition that it faces. The Leviathan, um, and if you and, the and basically evil, the ultimate evil. Leviathan. Well, not the ultimate evil because essentially, if the state does not do this, then a vacuum opens up. And a less legitimate actor can occupy that power vacuum. And, and you know, we see this, this is a huge trope, especially in Westerns, but we saw it in, um, in Book of Boba Fett when uh, Cad Bane showed up. I'm the law now because I can just kill you and leave. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. And look, if you're the senator and you're the ultimate authority on the planet and you, you know, abuse that authority to steal, like we're saying, you are doing the same thing that she, Palpatine is doing as the emperor. This is exactly what he's doing. He's he is exploiting the resources of the empire to further his own uh, project. Of- he's making it okay, and then other people are going to do it, and then they're going to see that what the emperor is doing is building this empire, and the empire is doing it. So hey, it sounds like a good idea. So I'll join. I'll join this galactic empire and bring peace and balance to the to the galaxy. 
because you think Palpatine will pay you. You think Palpatine will he'll protect will me. He'll protect, protect you. Yeah, he'll sure. Give you, he'll give you bonuses for doing the things that that you know, you want that he wants you to do. Like that. This is this is an empire of you know. It's this sort of it's common in history. You know what I mean? The French Foreign Legion. Go join the French Foreign Legion, and they'll protect you from alimony and. Uh, you know, uh, child support payments. So for anyone who, anybody who listens to the show that needs a, a tip on that. <laughs> I mean, this, this basically just, just goes all the way down to the bare bones of like the trope of, um, well, probably even still too, you know, still, you know, the, the, the Godfather stuff, you know, mm -hmm. you come take over an environment and say, okay, well, I'm going to offer you protection in turn for, you know, you need to give me a piece of the tape, you know. Mm -hmm. That's um, literally, that is literally the argument that that's how Hobbes describes the state. That's literally what he says the state is. Is it basically everybody agrees that it would be better if nobody could individually uh, be the supreme power. It's better if we collectively <coughs> hold that authority than to give it to a singular actor who can have their own motivations. Um, and, and that's that's sort of the basis of social contract theory, which says that we all sort of we effectively consent to live under the rules of society by participating in it being educated in it by it, losing its roads, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we can sense those things. But it, history is rife with situations where this custodial power is abused to the ends of a particular person, someone like uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, someone like uh, Adolf Hitler, someone like Joseph Stalin, you know, real great people that are right. awesome. Uh, <laughs> they were awesome. So these are the people... But these are the people, people who are the most radical people of, of means who are willing to do the radical thing to maintain power. Stalin, of course, is like the ultimate example of that survivor dictator that nobody could get rid of. Fidel Castro is another really good example of, of that. The person who's willing to go much lower than you to win, who is not willing to concede defeat. And ultimately, if you have if you have two entities that want this power, you end up in a situation where who who holds the ultimate authority is going to be contested. And usually, it's whoever holds the the gun at the end of it. Whoever's in charge of the military usually wins that. And it comes down to can you convince the military to do what you want them to do against the better judgment of their commanders and themselves? Like you ultimately, you could not convince. Um, I, I believe you could not convince a company of United States Army regulars to shoot at a football stadium crowd. I, I, you you can never do it. Like it's not really conceivable, right? So ultimately, your ability. Are you sure? I'm pretty I mean, sure that it would take a lot of leaps. We're sure. not there. We're definitely not there on the Overton window, man. I mean, I somebody somebody did try before, you know. Very. But I mean, I mean, organized. I don't mean some crazy a hole that's gonna that's like we have in this country every three friggin' days. I mean, like the entire company, company ready, aim, fire. You couldn't. Right. I don't think that you could right. get them to do that. So, Palpatine sort of short circuited a lot of that by trying by replacing on one side the military's all robots. <laughs> and that's the side he's, he's dealing from the bottom hand of the deck there. On the yeah. other side, it's clones that are have hardwired into their brains yeah. a control yeah. chip to do whatever Palpatine says, no matter what. Your order, order sixty six. So yeah. heads, heads, you win. Heads, I win. Tails, you lose. Quick, quick question. The um, just to get back to this, the the show, the show, the series. <laughs> <real quick. laughs> Yeah, we went off the rails with that one. You will get some really great political philosophy and yeah, everything. We're, we're talking about a guy and from So the um the inquisitor that Ahsoka beheaded, Grievous 
element or am I like reading too much into that? Like the, the helmet was the same, the face, even the, the over the, um, the undertones of the voice, the raspiness didn't have the cough yet. Didn't have the asthma, but like, is there some connection? Like who was that T Mitch? Do you know who that is? It's not really because I mean this was written by Filoni, so it's not really officially canon until it came out. There wasn't like um, like this brother or whatever. Um, I didn't read really the the notes of it yet, but it wasn't a character that we would identify with. As okay, because he seemed. I mean, this guy was like he seemed like the the power figure, like super right. authority. Like we should have known who. I had the impression that I should know who this guy is. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and the only I'm thinking. Is this a, and even Grievous even dragged his saber across the ground? I never saw anyone drag a lightsaber across the ground like that, and he did it multiple times. And he does it does it in Attack of the Clones, right? A lot drags the lightsaber. He's holding two, and he's dragging two along the ground. I thought, man, there's got to be is that? But then he got beheaded, but the but but then the helmet like deflated, almost like. Whoever it was went somewhere else, you know, right. like the like the energy went somewhere else. So. Ahsoka's got to be top. I mean, if Ahsoka had lessons from right, real lessons from Darth Vader, not fake lessons, right? right. Real, real, actual real lessons. lessons actual. Vader was actually trying to keep her alive instead of, you know, backhanding people so that they don't try to take his position with the Emperor and play. You know what I mean? Because I, I, there's no way Vader's t- t- treating these people honestly. <clears> these dark side users. So you've got, you know, the JV team. Because the varsity team's all dead because they're too dangerous. So mm-hmm. you got the JV team that's not getting real training versus Ahsoka, who has, uh, as we've seen, years of practice in life or death situations and is trained by, you know, one of the preeminent masters of lightsaber combat uh, in the galaxy. Uh, second, second at this point uh, in in the actual plot of this show to only Palpatine himself, and we know Palpatine is uh, a deadly slicer and, and dicer with the lightsaber. It's no surprise that Ahsoka is able to win this. It's no surprise whatsoever. Without a lightsaber. She didn't have one. She had nothing. All she had was her hand. I mean, she had no weapon at all when she went up, went up, went up against this character. That's why I thought, well, who is this? Who is this guy? Who, or, you know, what, what is this creature that we're now looking at? And, um, he just went away like a, like a fart in the wind. He was gone. It's really important, like Hit said, though, that, that really lets you see the level and the difference where the Jedi Order are and where Ahsoka is, right? And there's that giant gap, right? It's 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 not even believable that she dispatches them like you would see a Jedi Grandmaster or a council member, right? I mean, she doesn't need a weapon to dispatch an Inquisitor that's more of like not just a standard Inquisitor. He was basically, like you're saying, almost like a Grand Inquisitor to some extent. So for her to dispatch with, with barely using the Force, right, because she... They didn't really even notice it until he said that that's her. Yeah. So she really didn't use much of the force other than natural instincts, which is the force. But yeah, she needs no really weapon to dispatch. That just lets you see where she is compared to these other Padawans that these guys are hacking down, right? And, you know, left and right. And oh, the those guys were, were scared. Yeah. Once, once it realized who she was and why exactly. are you here? How are you still alive? Right. He might... You know, he must have been, you know, thinking about like, well, what's the next move? What, how am I now in trouble? Like, what am I on the defense or am I on offense right now? You know, and uh, it didn't even, 
it was it was done like that. I think he thinks she's dead. Uh, I wonder who said she's and dead. And you know what's the crazy thing about that too, Hitch? Like that lets you see like that kind of dichotomy we talk about with Anakin and Vader, right? We saw this in Obi Wan, like the conflict between them still. And the Emperor senses that. Are you Vader or are you still Anakin? Like, and he keeps mm-hmm. trying to cut it out. But as we see at the end of the whole trilogy, at the end of episode six, he's still fighting that, right? The Emperor thinks he's cut it out. And to his knowledge, it's almost like Vader, you know, and we talk about the overall character hero, right? Mm-hmm. Vader tricks the Emperor up until episode six, thinking that he's had him robotically programmed. He's cut his limbs off. He's basically depowered the strongest okay. Jedi, arguably in history, and he still was fooled at the end of it all by him, right? And isn't that a great a great argument for being good? Because good always wins, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, in professional I, wrestling, you unless it's usually WWE. Eventually, good usually. good always ends until evil makes the comeback, you know, and then you but know, then but then there's a oh, fight again, and evil and goes and down, and what and happens? Yeah, and, and then for until the end of time, the struggle keeps happening. You know, so we want evil and good to maintain just balanced, so we always get good stories. So there has to be a good character and an evil character, and they have yeah. to fight, and there has to be a, a battle, and evil gets vanquished, but then it it sneaks away and he. To, goes into a different body, forms in a different planet, and builds an entire Sith fleet. Yep, and, and, and it comes back somehow, it, somehow, it, somehow, somehow, some way. Somehow. Something that you said too, Ken, um, about um Palpatine being so um so so caught up in his stuff and everything, you know, um, so arrogant, so 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 yes. just 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 can cannot think that um him not cutting him. Him not cutting um that 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 thing out of um Anakin Vader, you know, cutting that um Anakin side out of Vader and everything, so pompous, you know, tying back to Andor, you know, and he never and, saw it, he yeah, never saw he, it. But you know, they're so fat, they're so greedy, they're so you know, full of themselves and everything. Who are we getting that from? Palpatine. Palpatine mm-hmm. is 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 like the leader. He's like you know the one that's putting off all these things on the Empire, where it's just like you know this this. The empire is just so pompous in itself. They they were like the the instruments of their own destruction. So evil did win at that point, you know, at some point and took over for a period of time. But it could only last so long because they 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 they. they it's almost like they wanted to see themselves fail, you know, at some point, you know. I, you know, and it's it's funny that we talk about this because me and Hitch has talked about this, right? The problem with the character of Sidious in this whole Star Wars arc, right, is he kills his master who essentially is basically like almost an internal being, right? So when he kills Plagueis, Plagueis is an alien species that could have lived thousands, tens of thousands, if not longer than he could have. The problem with Sidious is he's in a humanoid form, right? So the body breaks down and with the powers of the dark side and the stress you put on yourself through the anger the hatred it warps the body and it ages a lot faster so it kind of made it weird when they talked about the cloning process and it made you understand why he'd want a younger body so to speak but i think that's where it becomes like kind of more realistic to understand what he was doing because he knows his time's running out hmm so he has to, you know, he has to put something in motion because but the body's breaking down. around for, what, another 40, 50 years, though, right? I mean, Star Wars technology and back, he's right. got back to access. 
Yeah, yeah, he has the back to tank, and then they had him on like the little I don't even know. Oh, like, so, so you saying his, his art, his um, Sidious's art makes a lot more sense based on his motivations, based yes. on the fact of okay, this is the reason why he's arrogant. This is the reason why he's pompous because he only has like so much time to, to get what he needs. Okay, that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Because remember, he, he talked about they talk about being able to you know to save death and to cheat death, but ultimately in his mind he knows that he never learned that from Sidious. Or excuse me, from Plagueis. That was his lie to Anakin. This uh, you can bring back people you love, and it was all the thing that he never learned that from Plagueis. He right, wanted right. to learn, but he never learned it. So he that's how he that real story. That's Correct. He, he, he yeah. used the story that he never really fully. I mean, because he was never fully trained. He killed his master, mm. you know, kind of as a well, youngling. So imagine what I, my my understanding of this is that let's say I get powerful enough to kill Palpatine, and I'm I'm uh, I'm Luke Skywalker, right? And he yeah. says, "Strike me down," and he does it. Right? Palpatine then is then you're the Sith Lord. But what happens is that ta- that entity then takes you over. <laughs> so now yeah. it owns you, right? Because you yeah. did that killing. So when what Darth Plagueis is saying, I can even you know I can come back from the death if you kill me. It's almost the same thing Obi Wan is telling right. uh, is telling Vader. And it's interesting that that's almost like the Sith side of that Jedi coin is like, listen, if you kill me, I'll become more powerful than you possibly imagine. And then you kill me, and all of a sudden, I have your will is now subsumed to mine. Right. Right. And it, it, it becomes so interesting that, like, now the Emperor taunting Luke, go ahead, go ahead and cut me with your lightsaber because the second you do, I now own you. Right. right. And Vader's stopping it, which is kind of hilarious. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, you don't get to in line. But then the emperor is like, I don't want this knot. Do you want to? Do you want to jump out of Palpatine's body into Anakin's crappy, burn up, unsalvageable, right. you know, force angst ridden body? No, you wouldn't want that. So the whole plan has to change. And now Palpatine's like, How long can I survive? And how many people do I need to help me? Correct. To get that number yeah. as low as possible. And what the Death Star does is make it so that anybody that raises a finger against him, their whole planet explodes. Mm. So he has. An infinite mm. number of hostages. Mm. And that's the same thing with the Anakin arc, because Anakin, although he's half machine, he's still human, right? He's old. He's That might have slowed him down, but he, it's the same thing with these humanoid species. He's like, he's a, like that, my age right now. In yeah, right? I mean, that's like, that's the problem with, with human Jedi and the difference where the alien species were, right, is we age a lot quicker. So our lifespan's a lot shorter. So typically, you know, our character arc will be smaller as a per, you know, Soka, um, some of these other beings, uh, Wookiees live a lot longer than us. Um, Yoda's species, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot. Just Yodas. It's a cool call. I think it's totally cool to call them Yodas. Yeah, I think they. I think they actually said that Yodas. Believe it or not, Yadas listen. Yaddles listen as Yoda. But uh, before we, before we, before we get off of um, this episode. Uh, the interesting thing about Yaddo is how about her arc at the end? Because they changed it other than the novels. Um, they, they, she kind of turned her back on the council, so to speak, right? Because multiple times she could have escaped. She stayed there not to fight him, but to try to, to to talk to him because she understood, right, that the council's wrong. And that to me is really interesting because she was high on Master Yoda, but it seems like she did her own research. She was more that gray kind of Jedi because she knew if she went back to the council and told him, they wouldn't believe her. Yeah, she was trying to him. get Dooku, like she was trying to build a, a, a bond, a, you know, get something. Well, she, like, she had nowhere to go, right? Because well, the council wouldn't have believed her. 
Because no. now she went with him, so they're going to think, well, why did you go here? Why didn't you report it? So it's one of those things, like the council was so blind to things happening that now Yada would have been looked at as an outcast, right? Because so she flipped around. Why would he just strike her down like that? Like, why did he feel like that was the... Why did he listen to Emperor Palpatine? Why did he... Because uh, there had to be Palpatine a moment where he... Yeah, he would have shocked him to death. He had nowhere to go. I mean, and that's a, that's one of the things I liked a lot about uh, yeah. Revenge of the Sith is how it, they may, because I know that there's been some recent, like, uh, oh, but this was the different storyboard for this lightsaber yeah. fight. But they made Palpatine, you know, murk those guys so fast that it made yeah. you go, oh, oh, whoa. <laughs> made you go, whoa, that was crazy, right? So I think that's the thing is like, as soon as, as soon as Dooku is like, nah, nah, let's team up against Palpatine. I mean, that. He is the heavyweight champion of the galaxy at this point. And we, and we yeah, I mean, and, 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 and Dooku, I mean, he already, he, he said it's too late. It's just too late. You know, I'm already in, I'm already in. I've killed so Over many my people. head. He's you know, I, I've head. already done so much stuff. I pretty much tried to kill you, you know, <laughs> dropping that thing on, on your um thing, you know. So it's already in me about um the lengths I'll go to, to, to try to get this piece or whatever, you know, for the galaxy. Um, he's already in it, and and, and and death. I mean, I'm sorry, death. Um, Sith, the Sidious doesn't need to threaten him again and everything. He's done. Yeah. Well, it's at that point too. It's sad because the way that Dooku arc ended is like, I think he still wanted to be a Jedi, but he, like you said, he has nowhere to go. He can't go back to the Council. He's in front of an Emperor. He knows he can't beat right. So as Hitch said, you have to strike her down because he's going to kill you. The only person you have to do it is survival of the fittest, right? It's either me or her. Dooku's plan. So Dooku's plan. The only to. way he thinks he can win is to essentially to. take control of the separatists. Right. Shanghai Palpatine. And my thinking here now, now I want more about the beginning right. of episode three. I want to see them having a con I want to see them fighting over like the fact that he now captured him and Palpatine he had did it publicly. So Palpatine sort of had to come along, couldn't reveal himself. Now he's got him captured. Right. And he should be fighting with trying to tell. Like during that fight scene, instead of saying crappy, double the pride, double the false, which is sort of a crappy line, he should be saying, you guys have to quit fighting me. We have to kill this guy. To get, We have to do it because he's the Sith Lord. Yeah, it, and he should it, be fighting him. It was and sort then, of in his eyes, just as Anakin yes. was going to decapitate him. You saw like, dude, we need to gang up again. You know, it was over. Because now Anakin becomes Dooku. But Anakin that rejecting point. that. Rejecting, I don't believe you. <laughs> right? Yep. Choosing Palpatine and him saying all that stuff after Obi-Wan goes down, because Obi-Wan would have been like, No, he's been telling me this stuff for years. This is the crap he was telling me on But he on, was uh, unconscious in the corner. Yeah. Right. He was already beat down. So I think I think now that scene begs more. More depth. Right. It would put more depth and more substance into it. Yeah. And exactly. we, we talk about how Filoni is essentially his whole deal is can I, you know, redeem the prequel trilogy, like, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. he's this you know, it's like the crocheted blanket that has a couple patches, and he's like, you know, he's filming it in, he's a he's a knitter, man. And I mean, he's 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 a beloved fan. I mean, he's yeah, he's yeah. in it, you know. I mean, he's 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 Lucas's boy and everything, so I mean, I guess it's only natural. It's strange to me that he's not doing anything beyond like you know, the the episode nine and stuff, but for him to be such a professional at filling in the gaps and all that stuff, you know, for this is, I mean, the guy is just phenomenal. Yeah. Honestly, if I was re if I was now like to say, okay, how do I expect that scene to go? 
it would be like Anakin putting the putting the cuffs on Dooku and then letting letting Palpatine out and then Palpatine killing Dooku and being like, ah, he was too dangerous to let him live. And then, <laughs> and then the right. rest of the stuff happened. You know what I mean? I almost would expect that to be what happens. But uh, that being said, I definitely think, like, my opinion of Dooku isn't changed as far as me thinking that he's evil and kind of, you know, but I definitely think he's what, way less of a waste of time. Like, I always yeah. felt like yeah. you know, this, this guy in episode two yeah. is just sort of like, what's he doing here? Yeah. Why aren't we, yeah. you know, what role is he playing? Yeah. And why did we need to see, like, Maul and then this guy, instead of one person fulfilling those roles, I think this Dooku has a much deeper story and is very interesting and different. Instead, that's of just why the backstory, something. the backstory is so good with some of these characters. Like I said, I'm I, I'm a big backstory guy. Like, yeah. not Backstreet Boys, but backstory of you know a character that I know, think I know everything about, but now give me a little bit of taste of how that person developed and became especially evil. Especially yeah, right. an evil person, like yeah, you know, serial killer, um, Michael Myers. You know how you know Rob Zombie did a great job of showing us how Michael Myers became that character, didn't he? Yeah, that was one of the better um, Halloween movies. Now, I mean, to be honest, seriously, that, that was that was yeah. one of the better ones. You know, yeah, and, 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 really and with good. that Rob Zombie Halloween, you saw how Michael became that character became that element of evil i mean and yeah. it tied into curse of the might of michael myers which is episode four i mean it really tied into how how he became that evil you know th yeah. that that just was so powerful so all the these little these little episodes built a lot of on these yeah. characters that really uh you know i enjoyed this so much i thought here that um that that i mean of course, you got Filoni is, is you know, Ahsoka is a creation. So, of course, we was going to get, like, a lot of work with her. But I thought it was weird with Dooku. When me watching it the first time through, I'm like, okay, why are we focused on Dooku of all, like, you know, um, characters and everything? And then my second time around, you know, and, and, you know, just talking with you guys just on this episode and everything, you get two, you get two sides of the same coin. You know, Ahsoka, we knew her situation with, you know, fleeing the Jedi, you know, counsel and all that stuff. But now we see Dooku's side of it and him going to, like, you know, the dark side of it. You know, uh, Ahsoka didn't get caught up like Anakin did and everything. Um, so she was able to leave without actually getting, you know, corrupted or if you want to call it that. Dooku wasn't able to survive that. So with this Tales of the Jedi, we're seeing, like, the split. We're seeing, like, two sides of where they, they started from. And we're um we're sort of like you know where where um they they eventually ended. So I'm I'm I was the second time around. I think I was more enthralled with like the Dooku stories than I was with like Ahsoka. I'm already I'm already in with Ahsoka. You know, yeah. seeing the Dooku stuff and seeing how um um something like you know Hitch you know alluded to not him so much. Okay, we already we already seen how how, how much of a dick he was and everything. Um, but this is like giving him a little bit of empathy to a degree but well, yeah, i think you could i think you could throw him a huge empathetic bone i mean this guy was really trying to do the right thing yeah i mean yeah. he really was yeah i mean watching these episodes lets me and you guys know i'm a giant qui-gon fan watching the dooku arc in this short stories led me to believe that if had qui-gon left and trained anakin that he would do the same thing that Dooku did. 
because he was a master Jedi. He never had, he didn't get a council seat, right? The council weren't into anything that he was that he was doing. He was looked upon, frowned upon because of his ideas of Anakin's love for his mother and all this stuff that they tried to stamp out, right? So just following the path of where the council was leading, Qui-Gon never would have been accepted, and the same fate would happen to Qui-Gon, right? Yeah. It's just the path he was on. Maybe. It's, it's hard to tell, but maybe but but in that in that second episode you're seeing and, and this is one that conversation that him and Qui-Gon had at the end and everything and when he said okay you're a wiser person than me you know um we already see the goodness and like you know Qui-Gon and everything and some of the um you know the darks the, the you know the darkness of Dooku and stuff so that would that they're planted like the the path to me you know, yeah, but you feel like, you have to have a little bit of dark side in you a little bit a little yeah, bit and, and we didn't even talk about Dooku, Dooku wanted Mace's seat. Mace took over for, um, who, who was it? He took it, um, the the Jedi Kator, right? He took that seat. Dooku thought he was going to get that seat on the council, but Mace got it. So once that happened, I think that was the turning point. Dooku definitely took a took a took a path at that point. Like he felt jaded and rejected by yeah. the council that he was so animate at protecting he's like nah you know what because i got to the bottom of this you won't give me the seat mm -hmm. it's like conspiratorial right. you know yeah right yeah, yeah. So I, I got to the bottom of your covered this whole conspiracy and you still won't give me the, the you'd rather let this continue and that's why you picked him because i question you and i'd be on here telling you to do the right thing but really <coughs> you know <coughs> What, what you know? What would what would Yoda say about this? It's like some things you just gotta let go. That's pretty much what he tells Anakin. Like every time, like he always gives you the same advice. And Anakin's like, "Oh, I want to change all this stuff," and he's like, "Ah, yeah, you can't like, change everything." It's like, "Ah, I gotta let it go." Like in twenty minutes later, it's like, "Oh, hey, you know, my, my wife's pregnant. Ah, you gotta let that go." <laughs> you gotta let that go too. Uh, I think it's twins. Ah, uh, you gotta let that go. Ah, I gotta let them both go. Oh no, we'll just kidnap them when they're six and make them Jedi. Right. right. You just let that go. We'll, we'll just, yeah, we'll, we'll just, we'll just take yeah, then 20 yeah. years later, it's like, oh, we can't trade him now. It's like, wow, what were you doing 20 years ago? <laughs> yeah, right? no, you had a chance to do it. You know, it, it's interesting. We talk about the Jedi Council um, moving forward. This Acolyte series coming out, I, I hope they do a better job of, because it's about more the dark side and the Sith, of explaining maybe some Sith training, just a little bit more backstory, because we don't have any on the Sith, right? We don't know. We know the rule of two. I don't know if this will be part of it, but just kind of more about the Sith, more about the culture, the cult, if you will. They're, they're calling to the Force. I, I hope that we get a bigger, a deeper dive into that, because we don't see it ever, right? I mean, yeah. and with Filoni head of it, yeah. you know, I, I, I'd like to see them really dive into that, because we talk about these stories and how Jedi fall to the dark side, but, you know, with the rule of two, how there's this many users, right? So uh, hopefully the accolades shed some light on to the culture of the Sith, or or anybody that's a dark side user. Maybe they're not all Sith, right? They are just dark side wielders that have, you know, a red lightsaber. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we've read the nor the, the novels when they've had the, the, the wars, right? The Sith War, to where there were in the Sith before the Rule of Two. So there was a point to where there was a Rule of Two and there was a ton of Sith. Um, so interesting stories coming out, you know. Um, obviously, everybody's excited about Bob Iger, which is a big thing for DP because obviously, you know, with, Baloney on board. And one thing that Iger will do is if a property is making money, 
he will back that property and he will let it spend whatever it needs to be. I'll say that now. Um, they've already reported that Disney Parks, which is their biggest segment, um, they're dumping money into the theme parks. So that's like already approved moving forward that the theme park sector has suffered the last seven years. That that's a big point of emphasis. And I'll tell you with this Star Wars property, he was on board of buying one of the chief principals that bought that and sealed that deal with the Marvel deal. Um, they need money back. You know, their financial results are kind of fluffed and didn't look too good. So moving forward, I think these felony stories and the properties that are sticking, you're going, you're going to see a lot more backing and you're going to see a lot more moves. Uh, more like the, like the Elon Musk Twitter thing. You'll see some heads rolling in the Star Wars, um, Star Wars world as well. Some some directors, some people that weren't doing well, weren't doing good by the franchise. I think you'll see them fall by the wayside quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're already seeing things turn around now. So the last couple of series have been smash hits. Um, like I said, Andor is the most perfect show I think I've seen. I don't even it's know. It's on Hulu. Going it's going to be right? on yeah. ABC, man. They put it out. So they, They're putting yeah, it out there. It. Yeah. So, I mean, this will be up for awards, I imagine. Um, oh, yeah. So, and they're putting they're putting a, a link like as soon as you're done watching and or on uh, Hulu, uh, you can watch Rogue One right after it for free. Uh, Would you recommend watching it once at the end of the season or in between each each episode? In between you watch every episode, episode I think you should watch Rogue One. It just it just seems to work. You know, I mean, it's, it, it builds a narrative. You know, it does. But yeah, guys, you know, another fun episode. Um, leading into our next discussion point. Um, I think our next discussion point is really going to be uh, what our overall, I guess, Andor season one breakdown. Yeah, right? We're going to do a wrap up. A wrap up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do a big wrap up of kind of the whole show and um, maybe predictions in the season two. Um, early, some early interesting stuff I'm kind of seeing on the internet. Uh, getting my feelers out to see how accurate it is, but some really interesting stuff that season two. It, it's it's looking it's looking pretty cool. It's it's different. Can't wait. Um, different pace, but yeah, some of the things I'm reading and hearing are, are pretty interesting. So, yeah, guys, you know, another episode in the books. Um, I mean, as we said, you know, we appreciate everybody who comes on our shows, our platforms, gives us feedback. Um, definitely, definitely, before we go, support. This is the last one of the last weeks for DP's Kickstarter on the third <laughs> episode. So, please, I know you said it a ton of times, but please, hey, help out for that issue threes, man. Because it's it's a really good thing. It's near and dear to him, and anything that's near and dear to him is near and dear to all of us. That's what we all do. Is we try to help each other out, help this community out, like you do for us. So, um, to that, guys, uh, another great episode. And until next week, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way.